We thank you for joining us right here on uh, this edition of the Morning Chat on WAOV. I'm Tom Lee, sitting in for Ed Ballinger and is sitting in once again for himself this month is Joe Heron from the George Rogers Clark National Historic Park. And uh, Joe, we thank you for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about what's going on. And probably first up is the pending retirement of Director... Frank Doofman, a man who actually sat in your shoes before mm-hmm. getting bumped up to the top position, and you, of course, took his place. And so tell me a little bit about your work with a man who basically was what, what you were doing before you were doing it. You don't see it a lot in the Park Service where um, somebody moves to the superintendency kind of from from the park. Um but he did. He he was in my position for, I think, 20 years. Uh, invited to be superintendent of the park around 2014, 2015, uh, before I came along. And I was glad to have him. Uh, he gave me just enough rope to kind of do my things independently. But he was there that I could tap into and say, how was this done in the past? Um, so I think uh, we were able to keep a lot of legacy programs, but we were able to try new things. He was always open to... Uh, let me do that but uh, he'll still be in the community Uh, he I hope to have him here next month even to kind of do kind of a goodbye show again he was the contact for so long but uh, just just a good person to work with and and I know he's ready to kind of get into retirement and do so many of his hobbies so you're telling me that I know he came to this area from from elsewhere Mm -hmm. but he enjoys this community enough that he's wanting to stay in here Absolutely, yeah. He's sticking around. I mean, his children are nearby. He's got uh, he's got roots here in the community. They, they've been here since 1995, so uh, he is sticking around. And so you're going to be getting a, a new directorship, I mm-hmm. guess. You're going to fund a new director now. That would beg the question whether or not your hat is in the ring for this. Probably not. Um, a lot of the rules have changed. Uh, he used to travel to other national parks and do little 120 day stints and enough of that was able to add up to time to move into a superintendency there's kind of a step between me and him okay i would have to go spend a year at st louis arch or my old park hot springs national park or philadelphia bigger city i would have or a bigger national park i'd have to do a year there and and honestly i'm pretty rooted down i i feel like i'm effective in this job and i still get to work with the public almost every day right uh, so i don't see walking away from that yet maybe later in my career well, we're talking this morning with Joe Herod again. Frank Doofman is the man we're talking about. Of mm-hmm. course, as you mentioned, he'll be here next month. Now, when is he stepping down? Uh, the end of December. Okay, so the mm-hmm. end of the year. Yes, sir. So, again, uh, mid-December, he'll be in, I guess, basically to give his farewell to that position. And uh, you, you talk about you know his legacy. You mentioned he's been here since 1995. He spent 20 years in a... I guess a position below director, and then he's been director now for, what, maybe eight eight mm-hmm. years, I would say. If he came in in 2015, I would say, I believe it's been eight, nine years mm-hmm. that he you know he became the, the director here. And, again, you, you mentioned, you know, working with him for as long as you have, and you came in about that same time that he became director. So you two have been in the top positions for you know, that amount of time and that continuity has got to be good for both of you in that position. 
I think so. Uh, continuity is good. Um, we've had the Ranger change uh, right below me at least three times. Jason Collins was in it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but we've had that switch over. It is always good to get new blood. When we do get a new a new superintendent, we will we'll certainly show them the area. They may bring some new ideas. Uh, I hope to continue a lot of the things. I uh, hope to convince them that, that it's worthwhile that we continue to operate the way. When when I travel uh, to our regional office in Omaha, Nebraska, or when I go to other national parks, one thing that this park has complemented on throughout our region is our ability to work with our community. Uh, we, we've, uh, we've got a community that embraces the park, and uh, we, we work well together. We work well with city government, uh, state historic sites, all these other museums. Um, so I, I want to keep that going. I think any superintendent that comes in, that's going to be their, that, that should be their um, priority, one of their priorities. So again, Frank Goofman stepping down at the end of the year. That's probably one of the big stories mm-hmm. we want to talk about. But let's talk about some of the events coming up. And of course, the next real big one on the agenda is the Hamilton March in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that? What do you want to tell us about it? Uh, this one is a much smaller version of what we do in February with, with the Clark March. Uh, again, I mentioned Jason Collins again. Uh, he started this march uh, about 2016. And what we do is we start at Vincent University at Como Park. Depending on what the weather is doing, we will either take a uh, walk along the river or we'll go on the upper side, kind of the edge of the university and stop and talk about some of the things that the British went through on their track down. Uh, we, we pull from uh, Hamilton's journal. He was the commander of the British troops at the time. They came down in December. Uh, we're actually 245 years from when they would have came down from Detroit. And they had their own kind of arduous journey, too. And it, it never really was told uh, in favor of the, the larger Clark story that is the American story. Uh, but I think to have a fuller understanding, it is good to talk about the British part of it, too. Yeah, and and you mentioned, you know, winners write history. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of it. That's why they forgot. Now, I mean, it's going to say, because Hamilton, if they took it over, you say 245 years ago, it was very shortly before the Clark March. So, in other words, would both of these have happened in 1779? Uh, 78 to 79, yes, sir. For for Hamilton. Right, Hamilton, 78, uh, marching down. Uh, he loses the fort in February 79. So a very short time. Now, he took it from the French, correct? He did. Uh, this was a French habitant, but it was considered the English domain. Everything on this side of the Mississippi River uh, that had been French became English as part of the Seven Years' War, French Indian War. We've always been good about telling the story, I guess you can say, of the defeated. I mean, you talk mm-hmm. about you know all the things around here to Tecumseh, and a lot of people forgot he was on the wrong side of the War of yep. 1812, but yet he is you know, almost revered around this area, and I think rightfully so. And, and Hamilton, you know, it's good to tell his story because it kind of keeps the this area's um, tradition of, of really telling all sides of the story. Absolutely. Uh, sadly, uh, Clark experienced this a few years after after the war, but sadly, ha- Hamilton was maligned in a lot of ways. There, there was a, a whisper campaign against him. Um, there were some vicious native attacks in Kentucky. 
Um, and he was responsible for it in one sense, but the extremes that people are saying he was going to uh, were, were pretty much built up at the time. Uh, not, you know, he was he was on the opposite side of the war, uh, but after the war, he goes down to the, the Caribbean and he's a very popular governor some of the islands down there. Mm. So he's an interesting character, one that, that we need to reflect on, just just to, just to kind of see what was going through his head. It's also, it seems like that there have been a lot of people in history who go on to do different things who've had bit parts in Vincent. You mentioned Henry Hamilton going on down and, of course, being the governor. You think of Francis Vigo, who is here for just a little while, and, of, of course, uh, Zachary Taylor, who yep. was a young officer before becoming uh, the general for the Mexican-American War and later president of the United States. So, uh, again, it kind of seems also Hamilton kind of fits that bit part as well. Absolutely. A lot of soldiers that came through here would, would play into American history, national history, uh, later on. So once again, uh, what is the date for the Hamilton March? That's going to be December 16th. Uh, we will start, we will leave George Rogers at 1 o'clock and meet at Kimmel Park uh, about one ten and start our march from there. I do not have a bus for this one. Uh, we ask that people either communicate with a bring a friend and carpool or be prepared to kind of walk back to Como Park which which is only about a mile and a half it's it's much much shorter than the uh 12-mile Clark March Clark that we'll March. do next year. Yeah. yeah, and we'll talk about that. In fact, in the next segment, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that Clark March coming up in February. How many people do you expect for this Hamilton March? Just a handful. The first the first couple of years we did it, uh, we had 20, 30 people. Well, that's still not bad. It's That's a good handout, but we've... We have uh, been a little bit under 10 for the last few years. Of course, we were going through COVID and everything else, but uh, a little less than 10. It's usually a couple of park volunteers, me, and uh, three or four people in the public. But it is a good march. It, it is good to get out and uh, just just see a different side of the story. And again, that is the Henry Hamilton March, and uh, that is coming up on December the 16th, again from Kimmel Park, and uh, walking from Bear back to the uh, park headquarters, I guess you could say, back at uh, you know just south of downtown here in Vincennes. Stay tuned. When we return, we're going to talk about the big march, uh, the uh, Clark March coming up. It is a 5-0 and zero year, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, I think we've talked about it a lot. We're going to talk about it again, the upcoming eclipse in April, and holiday information. Uh, you know, Christmas times are coming, and uh, among the people preparing, GRC. We'll talk about all that and more. When we return, you're listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we thank you for joining us right here on the morning chat on WAOV. I'm Tom Lee and sitting in for Ed Ballinger today. And we mentioned Joe Heron back for another segment. And uh, Joe, this is 200. This next year, February, will be the 245th anniversary of the capture of Fort Sackville. We talked a lot about the Harrison March coming up in December, but the big one, the Clark March, again, coming up in late February, and this one's a long one. 
Much longer. Uh, and it's done in two ways. We we do have the smaller group that will go out and start all the way at Clark's Crossing, um, not too far uh, from, from the bridge. Uh, but then we will walk back to a point, which is normally our five-mile hike, and there we'll have a much larger group that we'll meet up with. Uh, this year, uh, Frank Dufin led it last year. This year, I will lead the front part of it, and Ranger April Case will do the last five miles. So you guys split it up five and five, we're, basically five. And we're going to split her up, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that front end and uh, kind of let her ease into it uh, and do and do the rest. You so, talk about, uh-huh. I'm sorry, you talk about where Clark landed, and mm-hmm. what's kind of interesting about that is there hasn't been, I don't think anyway, at least I've, I've been down toward that area. I mean, there hasn't any real marker that I believe says that this is where Clark crossed the Wabash is that correct at that spot there was but I don't think there currently is Uh, but there are a handful of markers put in by the um, Knox County Historical and Antiquarian Society along that march along the march I did see those yeah and I feel like there was one at the crossing but I don't think there currently is you know that may be a nice little project sure I think it'd be great to to do something as a commemorative of of where the cross got I thought to myself I said you know I saw the signs but I Mm -hmm. did I don't really know where he came over I thought that would be a very interesting thing especially with all the you know with all the notoriety I guess you could say around the Clark story Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's. Uh, I need to talk to them and see kind of where we are on it. And I may be mistaken. I mean, there may actually. I didn't be see one. one at yeah. Least. yeah, yeah, may not be. I mean, let me put it this way: you know, that you're talking about quite along Sixth Street Road, basically in, mm-hmm. in that area there. I mean, you know, give me a little bit of a sense of place here. How far away, let's say, from the Cannonball Bridge did he cross? Very close. When I said the bridge, I meant the Cannonball Bridge. Right. Yeah. Um, not too far, and I believe. I may be wrong on this. I believe that was a ferry crossing at one time, too. Okay. So uh, that that may be one of the identifiers. On the opposite side, on the Illinois side, there's a, there's a bit of a park and right. ramp over there. Yeah, yeah and that's at St. Francisville is what you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about. So it had to be very you know close to the, you know, the other side of St. Francisville to give people maybe a sense of place here, at least— you know, somebody like me who's, you know, who needs that kind of right. sense of place. But here's the thing, anyway, getting away from the minors back to the major here, 245 years. And again, you do the, you know, the long marches on the fives and the zeros anniversaries. That'd be years ending with four and nine, of course, in February of next year. How many people will make the long march, do you think? If we get, and we've had uh, National Guard, our ROTC groups come in with us and meet us. Uh, we've had well over 100 for, I think, four of the last five marches that we've done. Of course, there was one we one we missed and another we did volunteers only. But the public marches, we've had over 100 people. When you say ROTC, you're talking about ROTC. Yes, correct? sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I some knew of the colleges, Some of the colleges have um, kind of come together. And I know on two of those marches, we had some of them. And they, they pushed us well, of like I put to 120 people. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I knew what you meant yeah. when you talked about that. But I didn't know if anybody else might. Some of the public may yeah. not, yeah. So, you know, you're talking about the ROTC folks. Yes, and uh, 
anyway, so you got that, and then you got a big, bigger crowd uh, joining you. Now, are you going to be using buses this time to ferry everybody to the location? We have to. With that many people, uh, we have to bus them, and it's usually two buses uh, that we have to get. And, uh, just shout out to our uh, wonderful Visitors Bureau, uh, Janice over there. Shiloh Beam had that job for years. Now right. Janice Barniak. Uh, they they were the one able to get the buses for us last year. So once again, uh, that is uh, the uh, 245th anniversary, which kind of begs the question, 2029 is 250 years mm-hmm. since the, you know, again, I know they're doing some stuff right now for the 250th for the Independence Day and, you know, in, in uh, coming up in 2026, mm-hmm. and I know 2029 is your 250th. Any plans right now in abstract form that you're thinking about for, you know, for 2029? We some of it I can't talk about as weird as that sounds, uh-huh. uh, but it's I would look for it to be a major rendezvous that year for sure. Uh, look for a large rendezvous event. Um, there will probably be a lecture series. Um, the biggest thing we have going on starting as early as uh, 2025, uh, we're going to redo the museum. I've mentioned it here a few right. times, um, and I've been having meetings on that at least once once a month. Uh, for the changes it's going to have a flow it's going to it's going to be really nice it's the first time that's been done since the bicentennial actually a full a full redo of the building when they put it in in 76 exhibits were kind of put in uh, almost temporary basis yeah and that's the biggest thing is getting, getting so is this going to be a, yeah. i didn't mean to interrupt you is, gonna no, be a, no. is it going to be an expanded building are you is it, that's what it's going to look like i can't yeah i wish i could get more <laughs> space out of the building but we're we're trying to work with the space we have smarter. And when you strip out some of the big things on the floor, it does really open the room up quite a bit. Well, we'll have to see what happens again uh, coming up in the future. So that's in the planning stages <laughs> right now. Any idea about when actual work would begin on that? Uh, 2025. We'll look at some of the older exhibits to come out, uh, and there will probably be some partial closures or at least uh, limited accessibility for a time. Uh, and we'll just find a way to work around it, still get people in for the movie as we can. So expect that again in 2025. Yes. Because again, there doesn't look like a building expansion, but more with the space you have. Exactly, basically. yeah. So, so that'll be interesting to see when that will take place. And I think there's an unwritten rule in the show that you can't talk to the Parks Department or anybody downtown without mentioning the eclipse at some time or another. And again, April 8th is coming. It's coming very, very quickly. Talk about preparations for the eclipse on the park side. And we've met with Sarah and her committee quite a bit. Uh, We are trying to secure some port-a-johns. Look at everything that you see on 4th of July uh, look for that to be just expanded upon. I expect people are going to have blankets and lawn chairs on every spot of grass that's not hampered by a tree. Um, it, it's going to be that much larger. We are going to do some programming on Saturday, Sunday, and a bit on Monday leading into the event. But um, almost like a Junior Ranger Day, that we'll have little hmm. stations, like four or five little stations. You know, I, I remember reading that traditionally when eclipses happened in China, they used to shoot fireworks to try to get the get the light back. And I was kind of wondering if something like that may not happen. I haven't seen fireworks. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anything about fireworks. I think we're shooting for good solid dark i think that's what yeah. a lot of the a lot of the hardcore eclipse people i'm sure they've told you this but yeah. a lot of them are going to go out in the fields places out oh yeah yeah 
Well, like I said, I live up in Oaktown, and I imagine, like I said, that area up there may may have some pretty good stuff. Although the longest totality will be, I guess, south of town. Mm-hmm. But but here, here's the thing. I imagine we're going to get it pretty good up there in the north where I'm at. But uh, sure. you know, here's the thing, though, and everybody's expecting major crowds here and i guess you know there will be a lot of people but there's so many metro areas in the middle that are doing Mm -hmm. things as well and i kind of wonder to myself is that number of places doing things going to take away a little bit from the crowd and yeah that's what i kind of wonder i hard to speculate yeah um you would almost have to see how the hotels have prepared i'm sure they're they are booked up from what i've heard um but I, I couldn't really say. I mean, it is kind of spreading it out, and it almost depends on what the needs of the people are. If exactly. They, if they need to quickly get to uh, some place away from town, uh, then hopefully they will be here with us. If they want to do it in a national park, uh, believe it or not, there's a handful of people that want to see national parks as they're doing it. Right. Uh, we may get some of those. So. Well, again, we'll have to see what happens. And this is something that's totally uncharted waters. So we'll have yep. to see what happens. Finally, let's talk a little bit about the holidays. Uh, of course, Thanksgiving coming up as we record this. Uh, two days away, of course, Christmas shopping season starting after that, getting into New Year's, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the things that you all are doing for the holidays? Uh, we will be close Thanksgiving Day. Uh, there's three holidays you can always count on closures, and that's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Uh, but uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we are going to be open regular hours, 9 to 5. We know people have company coming in. You do the same thing uh, after football or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we going to do? Come down to the park. Um, I do ask that you, especially at lunchtime, you know, but stop by the visitor center first. Just make sure that we've got somebody that can get up there and open that place up for you. I think uh, I think I have two people working. I don't have yeah. that nice third swivel person, which right. kind of keeps it going smooth. I got to ask though, but sure. any, any Black Friday deals in the visitor center? Uh, no, nah, afraid <laughs> not. Yeah, it's it's just a little bookstore, so we don't charge. So yep. uh, but no, there's uh, no no fee to get in. But yeah, no no specials either. It's kind of every day savings i, I got gotcha. you yeah <laughs> oh i like that it's good anything maybe in closing you wanted to mention uh just again um close thanksgiving day but if you have company in town happy to have you come out see the park uh for some people it's maybe been a while um it does not charge used to charge to get in the monument we don't just come by the visitor center first well joe we appreciate you joining us again and we wish you the best and good luck in what should be a a very busy uh, coming up 2024 for the parks department sounds like it thank you all right thank you uh, joe heron joining us from uh, george reinders clark national park stay tuned we got more to come you're listening to the morning chat on waov